I'd like right now to take uh, this opportunity of going over some of the records, maybe short little stories on the, you know, different ones. We can't go through your whole bag because there's so many, so many records, so many songs. What are the total sales? Uh, if you would know, you're going to have to guesstimate, I guess. But uh, what do you feel that they are, and you'd be close to knowing, of all of, you know, your record sales to date? Well, it's well over 60 million, Red. Right? at this point. Uh, I don't know just how many uh, over that, but uh, uh, we, we use that as a round figure, 60 million copies of the records. And of course, this uh, seems like an awful lot, but when you figure uh, Rock Around the Clock alone is 16 million, then, uh, uh, you know, and then uh, we have over 300 records we've made. Uh, we have uh, seven of them that are over 2 million and uh, about uh, another three or four that also that just went over the million mark. But How many of these uh, songs did you compose or have a part in composing? Well, Red, that's pretty hard to say. We, uh, of, of the big hit songs, uh, Rock a Beat and Boogie, Skinny Minnie, uh, Birth of the Boogie, um, oh gee, well, I, I would say about 50% of them, Red. To me, even though you mentioned earlier that Rock a Beat and Boogie was, uh, was the big one that started out, the real big record that made it for you and the rock era was Rock Around the Clock. What's the story? We got a quickie? Well, yes, there's a very quick one on that, Red. This is a, a, a song that I carried around with me for two years, and because the composer and the then uh, head of my record company, Essex Records, were uh, bitter enemies, he wouldn't let me record it. That was Mr. Dave Miller of Essex Records, and uh, he never did let me record the song. We uh, signed with Decca in 1954, and uh, the first song that we recorded for Decca was Rock Around the Clock, and uh, 16 million records later, I think Dave Miller is probably sorry. How about Shake, Rattle, and Roll? I know in the, uh, in the early years of rock and roll, I think everyone did this. Uh, I know Presley brought it out much later after you did. How about this record, Shake, Rattle, and Roll? Well, this was kind of a thief thing that I did, uh, Red, and we've often laughed about it. Uh, Big Joe Turner, who is one of my closest friends, uh, had recorded the song in, in the then uh, race field, or rhythm and blues field, it was, it was known, and Joe had the number seven record in the rhythm and blues field, and uh, at this time I didn't know Joe, and I, I uh, was going through the record library at the station, and I came up with this, uh, uh, this record, which started out, get out in that uh, kitchen and wash your face and hands, is the way he started out, and right. it was precious the way he did it. And we changed it to get out in the kitchen and rattle those pots and pans, and uh, recorded it for Decca, and uh, Two and a half million records later, why Joe was still cussing me. <laughs> I wanted to mention uh, one of the outstanding performers in your group, namely Rudy and Rudy's Rock. Could you give a little story on Rudy's Rock? And on uh, he did, if I remember right, it was either Downbeat or Metronome when Jazz Pulse? In 56 and 57, I think, uh, 55, I'm not sure of the years, Red, but for two years running, Rudy Pompilli was chosen. Uh, the number one saxophonist in the country, and uh, Rudy was formerly with the Ralph Martiri band and uh, was a Chester, Pennsylvania boy, and he came home uh, after doing some shows with Ralph Martiri in Hollywood or somewhere and uh, came in, and uh, I captured him, you know, and I think Ralph is still mad about that to this day. <laughs> How about Let's Rip It Up, Bill, now? Remember the opening? Let's Rip It Up! This was Franny Beecher, who we got from the Benny Goodman Sextet. And Franny uh, was famous for many years with our group for doing his uh, imitation of the little girl singing You Made Me Love You. And uh, <laughs> uh, this was really a, a fu the funniest bit, I think, Red, we've ever had with the show because uh, he used to do, You made me love you. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And uh, everybody used to just love the guy. He was a fantastic personality. He did several with us. Uh, see you later, alligator. He did the opening, but uh, I think the cleverest one and the cutest one was "Let's Rip It Up." How about "Hot Dog Buddy Buddy"? Now, uh, this this was a giant hit. If I remember correctly, you can correct me if I am wrong. Please do. Uh, was "Rockin' Through the Rye" on the other side? 
on the single. Do you remember? Uh, yes, I believe it was, Red. And the story of this one is, uh, is the story of the battle that goes on constantly with good friends in show business. I had done a tune uh, many years before this, when we first started out, that I had written called Farewell, So Long, Goodbye. I think that was the That's one. Right, yeah. And I started out one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now go, cat, go. No, the tune was What You Gonna Do was the name of it. And it started out, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go cat, go, and what you gonna do when your baby's gone away? And Carl Perkins came along and stole my song and did one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and go cat, go, and don't you step on my blue suede shoes. So I got mad at him. And I said, all right. And I wrote another song and stole, stole from him and his blue suede shoes and did Hot Dog Buddy Buddy. It was cold as a cod, was it cold as a codfish, hot as a coal? Hot Dog Buddy Will Bless My Soul. That, that was the way it went. And it was a case of three hit songs coming from, uh, from the same idea. And Carl and I still laugh to this day about it. Why, Bill? Uh, rock a beat and boogie, birth of the boogie. I noticed uh, a boogie connotation. Uh, with both of these numbers and well now read this this will go back into the real history of uh, rock and roll music at this time you have to remember I didn't know what I had I had a tiger by the tail and I was uh, wasn't even slanting towards uh, uh, rock and roll because uh, at this time we used the word rock a lot but the boogie woogie was the thing you know and we did several choo 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 boogie and uh, um, guitar boogie uh, rock a beat and boogie and green tree boogie and uh, and what have you. And it was a kind of a cute little idea about a little fellow down in Africa many years ago, and his name was Zulu Joe, and he, he took his stick and with a great big beat, or I forget the lyric of it right now, but that was the birth of the boogie beat, and uh, that was uh, was uh, birth of the boogie. Tell me the story of Crazy Man Crazy, because I love the story. Red, this was in the very early stages when I was really struggling, and honestly, Red, in these days, I was receiving... Uh, $300 a week for the entire band, which at that time was four men, and we made $75 a week apiece. And we had all these songs that we had written and uh, all the ambition and what have you, and we couldn't get them started. And even though I had had uh, several hit records, we, there was just no place we could work. People just wouldn't have us. We, uh, uh, because they said, well, the music's too loud, it's too wild. They still say it today, in fact, but, <laughs> but still the, the people come out by the thousands to see it, you know. And we used to have the favorite expression, well, nobody likes it but the people, you know. <laughs> it's one of those things. And uh, so I uh, had to break through somehow, and I figured that the, the music was for young people. And we went uh, to all the high schools in the Philadelphia, Camden, New Jersey area, in fact, all the state of New Jersey and southeastern Pennsylvania and lower New York state, and did free assembly programs for the uh, teenagers and uh, asked them the, the style of music they liked to dance to and what they wanted. And their expression in those days was crazy. It's a crazy tie. It's a crazy hat. And their high school football yell was go, go, go. And uh, so I wrote the song Crazy Man Crazy. Incidentally, What You Gonna Do was the other side of this one. And another, I'll, while I'm telling that, Red, uh, we sold a million and a half records on this, and I never received one penny royalty from it, from, and I had two million sellers on it. But consequently, from the high school football yell of go, 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 and their expression crazy, came crazy man crazy. And no royalties. That's crazy. Bill, let's move out of uh, the early era of rock and, and get into the 60s. 60 and 61, you did something a little different. You did something instrumental. Well, yes, Red, we, uh, uh, at this time, were struggling very hard once again uh, to get a hit record because uh, we had just about used up our, uh, uh, we'd just about run out of luck, let's put it that way, because we had had something at that period of something like 37 straight uh, hits, all of them very close to the million, and uh, 
Of course, Mr. Presley had come in at that time, and Mr. Pat Boone and, uh, and all of my students <laughs> had taken over and told the teacher, get out in the cold, buddy, we're going to take over. And uh, we tried very hard, and we decided, well, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to try to form a, a different style, a different band, and present Bill Haley and the Comets as an instrumental group. And we cut an album for DECA called Strictly Instrumental. And while I was in Buenos Aires, Argentina, the time that they... Uh, I figured I'll take something out. They almost got my throat, you know. And uh, I picked up a tune that, strangely enough, was written by Joe Reisman in New York and wasn't a success in the States, but was a success down there. Brought it back and recorded it. It was called Joey's Song, and uh, it became a number one seller for us in 1960. How about from the same instrumental bag, a, a song called Skokin, which I remember. You talked about Ralph Martiri earlier. He did this uh, at one time, but uh, before this generation would have remembered it. So how about Skokian from Strictly Instrumental? Well, Red, you know, now this once again goes back to the friendly rivalry in show business. You know, Ralph was still mumbling, mumbling in his beer about me stealing Rudy from him. And Rudy had played the uh, tenor saxophone. I'm not sure just which was tenor, alto, or, or um, baritone sax that he played on the Ralph Martiri record. But he was the saxophone player on Martiri's hit record of Skokian. And we turned around and came back some seven, six or seven years later, and he played alto saxophone with Bill Haley in the Comets and got a big hit once again with the same song, Skokie. And now Bill Haley, contemporary Bill Haley, 1966. And Bill, you were telling me, and you might as well inform everyone else now, about uh, a new era. We've gone from the rock era to the strictly instrumental era to a new era to do with Spanish music. Could you explain this? Well, yes, Red. We uh, hit upon this idea because I think the, the album that I have worked and worked the hardest on in my entire career, and it was quite a challenge for us, was when Decca Records asked us if we would do an album called Rockin' Around the World, but not just the typical thing of doing, uh, uh, taking a song from each country, if we would write original songs about the countries and about the rocking uh, in the countries and the kids who rock there. And uh, I, along with Rusty Kiefer, uh, my co-writer at that time, and uh, Catherine Caffra and Milt Gabler of Decca Records. The four of us put our heads together and came up with 12 original tunes, all of them, um, each one about the different countries. And uh, in doing that, we wrote uh, uh, all several things about South America, one called El Rocco, one from Mexico called Rock and Rita. And uh, this gave me an interest. And a few years later, as I went to Mexico to do my first tour, um, I loved the country so very much and the people down there that I decided to learn Spanish. And we started to record there in 1961, Red, and uh, we had the number one tune of the year there, and the number one album of the year, and were chosen the number one artist of the year with a song called Florida Twist, which incidentally was written by Rudy Pompili once again. And, uh, and Rudy, of course, was very, very happy with his success with that. And we had another big seller, comparable to million sellers here, of course, in Mexico, if you sell uh, 60 or 70,000 records. Right. This is uh, comparable to a million seller in the States. Uh, Adios Mariquita Linda was a big hit for us. A song called Keliti was a big hit for us there. Uh, Caravan Twist was a big hit for us there. Uh, and now, as I say, we have Tierra de las Mil Dances. But uh, a general idea of just about how it would go, Red, would be a song called El Rocco. Wrapping up on a, on a Spanish note, Bill, and uh, wrapping up our interview, I've never had you know, so much fun or so much information from any artist before. You are a, an articulate man when it comes to explaining the music you have brought forth to the world and uh, the music you play and your career. And uh, wrapping up on this uh, Spanish note, it's odd that the fellows from Chicago <laughs> in that garage, the Tijuana Brass, have done so well. Are you going to stay in, uh, in, in this vein with, shall we say, a little more authentic 
uh, Spanish music with a rock beat or what? Well, Red, uh, we have a thing. Um, uh, in fact, we have a new LP that we just came out of. I'm going to try to get a copy of it for you. And uh, you'll have a Bill Haley 1966 variety, which um, uh, there are none around at the moment. But uh, we have several things that we have done in this vein, and uh, we hope to have them released in the States and in Canada very shortly. Um, I would like to say this, Red, that uh, we hope very shortly to come back once again to the Vancouver area. We go from here to Phoenix, Arizona, and from there to Albuquerque, and then, as I said, from there back to Hollywood once again to the Red Velvet Club to do uh, the TV show Hogan's Heroes, and we're going to do a film uh, while we're there, and uh, which I think will be a, go a long way towards reviving us, and uh, to cut some new records for the, one of the labels that I mentioned. We leave uh, the 15th of August for Europe to do uh, six weeks over there and uh, to, to entertain the uh, Air Force and Army bases and what have you, and then to do uh, a stint at the Star Club in Hamburg, Germany. And then once again back to the States, and when we come back, um, we have an offer to start a tour uh, in uh, Newfoundland, and then through Nova Scotia, and then down through Quebec, uh, Ontario, and then to come back all the way out as far as the British Columbia. So I hope that in the fall of the year, we'll be back to see you once again. Bill Haley, an institution. I called you a father of an era. That doesn't necessarily mean age as related to father time. And the king of rock and roll, Bill, I want to thank you for all this time to bring a new form of music to the world. Well, thank you very much, Red, and my thanks goes out to you and uh, Bill Randall, Buddy Dean, and the many disc jockeys who, who helped me so very much down through the years. And Red, I hope we have a lot of years ahead, you and I, uh, with our particular form of music. Huh? Adios, amigo. <laughs> okay. See you at the home of the legends, redrobinson.com.